This podcast is sponsored by ArtColorKit.com. Are your art supplies lonely? Visit ArtColorKit.com. Hello and welcome to Art and Ego Podcast with me, Gandhi. So right now I am uh, waiting for a video. Well, I'm waiting for a trusted re- uh, referee, referee. Uh, from an ID referral program for uh, Colorado's unemployment. And the estimated wait time was two hours and 10 minutes. Yesterday, it was two hours and 44 minutes. So I woke up early and I've been waiting for this uh, and I'm still still waiting. So I just figured I'd do a little podcast while I'm staring at my computer screen waiting for something to happen. Um, I already sent them my Colorado driver's license. I sent them my passport card. I sent them everything, and they just can't decide if I'm a real person or not. So I haven't gotten any unemployment payments since I've been unemployed because they just don't believe I'm a real human being. And it's been very painful, but, you know, them's the breaks, and I'm just doing what I got to do to get it going. I'm not special. I got to go through the process like everybody else. So I'm going through the process. That's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. Um, so I just wrote a little, a couple bullet points, just some things I want to talk about a little bit. And the first one was waiting for unemployment. Uh, yeah, I think I've already talked enough about that. I don't want to be some downer where I'm just talking about real life stuff all the time. I mean, real life is in like the boring stuff that no one really wants to hear about. So I'm going to talk about ego a little bit and talk about, uh, how life and moods, are weird. Like, it's crazy how you can have so many good things happening, but a few bad things will happen and it'll just shift your entire mood to where you feel awful and you have no control over it. It's just you're the way you feel is um, determined by things outside of your control. And, like, if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know. Uh, that I've had a few things not go the way that I want them to go recently, um, just with losing my job uh, for going to the hospital and losing my house to gentrification. So finding a new home without an employee check stub is going to be very difficult, and I'm not looking forward to it. I did have an interview yesterday, which has really upped my mood, They said I was overqualified for the position, which is true, but I don't know how to present myself in a way to where I can get a different type of job. Um, So I'm looking at maybe going back to school for graphic design or something, um, or taking some online classes, something, just to be able to get my skills up to where I'm able to apply for uh, more graphic designy jobs. Uh, Maybe getting into UI, UX, I don't know. Um, I'm just feeling like I've been making art for 16 years now. Yep. 16 years. I started when I was 15 after my friend Lainey died. Um, and I just wanted to be an artist. So I said, I am an artist at 15 and I've been putting the work in ever since. Uh, I've started painting, uh, went to uh, an art school for high school, so I left everyone I knew to go to this art high school, did that, went to some college programs in between summers, that's where I met a few of my lifelong friends like Nathan Mullins, 
who's a wonderful painter. If you've never heard of him, he, he I really recommend checking him out. It's Nathan Mullins. I think his website is just Nathan Mullins or John Nathan Mullins, something along those lines. But he makes like poetic paintings. They're really good. Um, and if you're listening, Nathan, what's up? Good to see you, Mr. Dog. Um, so I've been doing this for almost 16 years now. I think it'll be 16 years in May. And I am just like really interested in how people keep going. Because if you look at everybody, like or most people who are successful like in history, in a historical context, their careers didn't really start until after they turned 30 or after their 30th birthday. So I feel like at by this point, most people who picked up art, they've probably said everything they want to say. They've put all their energy into it and they've gotten out of it what they wanted to get out of it and then they move on to different things. I personally do not want to move on to different things. I think this is my calling in life. Uh, I think that it's what I have to do to maintain my sanity and it's what I think I have to do to be a happy human being. Unfortunately, sometimes it causes me great pain, it causes me suffering, and it makes me feel inadequate because of just the mental state that making art can put you in. And I think that doing it for over a decade, no matter who you are, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's it's like you already know what you want to do, you've done most of what you wanted to do, and now you have to discover what the next step is. So do you go in, in like do you go inward and focus on yourself or do you go outward and focus on community and helping others? And I feel like the right answer is a mix of the both. That's why I really like doing uh, like community service events or like teaching kids how to spray paint or teaching kids how to wheat paste. Um, I did a few uh, did that for a few years back home in Jackson for the ACLU's uh, Youth Hip Hop Summit. I've done it for a few years here in Denver for Crush Walls Festival. It's an international mural festival. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it again this this year, uh, just because of all there's there's some drama and it's it's uh, I'm not sure what the state of it is or if the changes have been made. So as of right now, I don't think I'm doing Kids Crush again this year, but we'll see what happens with the the Rhino Art District and how they choose to play it. Um, I trust them and whatever they choose to do, so I'll take part if they give the okay. So. Like, I think I was talking about moods. So I feel like the longer you do something, the more like your moods start to become more, they either become more stable in some respects or and more unstable in others. So like, I feel very stable right now, but I have things that are very unstable happening around my stability. It does, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like there's like a whirlwind happening around me and I'm in the eye of the storm and I'm just looking at all the negative things happening or all the things I can't control just circle me. And if I focus on any one thing too long as it's going around me, I, I start to get metaphorically dizzy and I start to spiral into some form of like depression or something. And I really would rather not feel that way ever um, and all I can really do is just maintain my center and just let the whirlwind happen around me, I think. I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I'm still relatively new to this. There's people who have been making art their entire lives, and they're 60 and 70 now. And I feel like they probably have better insight uh, as to what the game is at that point. Um, let me see. I got my sticky note here. 
Um, what do I think about money and art? What do I think about money and art? I think that monetary reward for your creative practice is absolutely necessary in order to maintain your sanity. I think that if you're making something, you need someone to value it enough to spend their money on it and then either show it in their home or show it to their friends or something. And I feel like as a visual artist that happens and I have people who have supported me and I have people who buy artwork. However, it's, 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 it's like if you're listening to an album by some musician, you can, with streaming, you can see this, the statistics of where, they, where they're looking at it, like what their location is. You can see um, like the number of streams they do. You can see like when they turn it off. You can see all these different things. It's the same thing with video. Netflix has a whole bunch of statistics and metrics. So you can kind of see what people are doing with the artwork. With the visual art, you could sell something for $20 in 2016, and that person will keep it in their house and show it for their entire lives, and you could never know. You don't know what that is. They could have given it as a gift to somebody else, and that person has it, and you will never know. And so I think that's one reason why I'm so interested in stand-up comedy as an art form, and why once things kind of open up, I'm going to get back into doing the open mics and trying to figure out how to perform. Uh, it, it's, it's because there's an immediate feedback. Like, if you tell a joke you know immediately if the people find it funny or if they don't find it funny. If you get off stage after telling a series of jokes and somebody hates your guts, there's more than likely they're going to come up and talk to you about it and give you a piece of their mind. Or if people are angry and upset while you're on stage, you can feel that energy. But whenever you're making visual art, Somebody can hate your work, but all they're doing is just looking at it. They don't respond at all, and then they just go on with their lives, and they just can pretend like they never even saw it. And so they completely dismiss your entire existence. And the crappy part about it is that that's pretty much what happens with somebody who really likes your work, too. If they don't have anyone to engage with with the work, like if they don't have a friend or something, they will just look at the work, internalize it, and they could be absolutely infatuated with it, but they still turn away, go to the next work, the next work, the next work, and then they disappear, and you have no idea how to connect with those people. You could have an email list or something, but like, I have friends who maintain email lists, and I'll look at them occasionally, but I have never been able to sit down and figure out the email thing. It just feels disingenuous to me, or it feels like something a third party should be taking care of, like a gallery or some type of representation. Uh, but that's one reason why I love stand-up comedy so much is because it's an immediate feedback. You know if somebody likes you or doesn't like you immediately. And with visual art, you don't really have that same reaction and because it's a third-party medium. So whenever I create it, like the comedian has to be present for the artwork to happen, for the performance to happen. You can record an album, you can record a video, you can do that type of, th you can go that route. But for the stand-up performances, you have to be present for it, for it to happen. It's the same thing with music. Uh, but with visual art, 
it's third party. The artist doesn't have to be there. And when the show is going on, the artist is usually not there for most of it. So you don't even know what people are thinking. And it kind of gets into the psyche a little bit. And you're just uncertain about what is success and what isn't success. What is successful and what isn't successful. So you don't really know what direction to go in. So you really have to key in on what on what people say in passing. And you have to read into things that most people just disregard. Like if like for example, I had an art show at M. Romero Gallery uh, off of Larimer, and which I got by just I was really sad and in my feelings, and I was like, I'm almost thirty and I've never had a solo show. I'm so upset. The world owes me something, and I was just really upset. And then I realized I did some self reflection. I was like, Wait, Greg, have you ever once in your life asked for a solo show? And the answer was no. So I went over to Kinko's, I printed out like I think 40 posters that were 11 by 17, and it said, Studio Painter Seeks Gallery Representation, and I had my uh, website and my email address, and I put them up all over the Rhino Art District, and in two days, I had my very first solo show. That's exactly how I got it. It was that simple, that straightforward. It's also that difficult to do. If you're an artist, you'll understand what I mean by it's that difficult to do. Um, sometimes you have to step outside of yourself and just see what the simple things are that you're not doing, and it can be very humbling. But at that show, all my text drawings were black and white, and one person made an off comment to me and asked, do I have any in color? And the answer was no. I had never even thought to do text drawings in color. So I went out and got a bunch of colored inks and I made a bunch of colored ones. And that really helped me develop my personal practice and lead me into a more happier direct a much more happier direction because I was working with color rather than just seeing the world in black and white. So that was just one offhanded comment that one person made out of I think it was I don't know how many people came to the show, but it was a lot. And they said it directly to me, so I was able to hear it. And so that's why I'm so grateful for everyone who's reaching out about this podcast in particular uh, on Instagram or through text messages or giving me a call. I'm not good with phone calls. I, for some reason, I have the trouble um, communicating in that medium. So I'm sorry if I'm really short on phone calls or if like I'm distracted or anything like that. I got to get better about it, but that's just where I'm at. Sorry. But that's why I'm really grateful for the people who are reaching out and giving me feedback because I don't know what I don't know. You could be listening to this and saying, wow, I really like the sound of his voice. I like the microphone. I like the setup. Uh, I like that he's able to speak for a short period of time and be able to communicate his thoughts clearly and fully without interruption. You can say whatever you want to say. And it really helps me be me. And that's a very difficult sentence to say. And if you've been doing art for any time period over 10 years, you understand exactly what I mean. It is very difficult to be yourself and to maintain your sense of self. And we as creatives really, really depend on our friends, our family, and complete strangers to help us maintain our sense of self. Because whenever you say something about me, 
and I actually see what you're saying in myself, I'm able to recognize who I am and I'm able to move more in that direction if I find that that is helpful. If it's hurtful, I have to do self-reflection in a different way and find what's causing me to um, manifest negative aspects of my personality. Um, So those things help too whenever it's a negative, but it does hurt my feelings. I think I'm going to cut it off here. Uh, I'm still waiting for this unemployment. I'm still looking at a green pinwheel of death. Um, There's the estimated wait time disappeared, so I have no idea how long it's going to take. I've been waiting for an hour and 30 minutes so far. Uh, Man, being unemployed, it really is a full-time job, and it just takes so much time just to do things correctly. And I don't know how all all these people do it um, because I'm having trouble with it. And I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I, I like to think that I'm pretty good at problem solving. And this process is very difficult for me. I've been on hold with my payments. My payments have been on hold since I signed up for them in late February. And I've been filling out all the paperwork. I've been filling out all the forms. I just don't know what to do. Oh, I need to talk about what I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful that as difficult as it is for being uh, going through the unemployment process in Colorado... I'm sure it's much easier than other states. Colorado has their game on lock with a lot of these public services. They really are trying to make it more simple and more straightforward for everyone. I can't imagine the amount of data and the amount of volume of traffic that they are having to go through to make all this happen. Um, So I am grateful for the tools that they provide. Uh, What else am I grateful for? Uh, I'm grateful that I have a psychiatrist appointment on Thursday. Uh, I should be able to, once I have this first appointment, I should be able to get uh, my medicine refill, refilled without having to have another appointment. So I can just go through this uh, vi- uh, this uh, online portal just to get my refills. And I'm grateful for that uh, because the appointments are really expensive and I'm unemployed. And uh, my savings aren't going to last forever. I'm grateful I have savings. Um, We'll see how long they last. Uh, What else? Um, I'm grateful that I was able to buy all this podcast gear before I went to the hospital because I would not have been able to afford it otherwise. And it's really, um, this talking like this has been really helpful in, in terms of helping me maintain my sanity and also maintaining my sense of self and giving me some form of uh, communication outside of my studio. Outside of my studio. Yeah. I'm just grateful for, for uh, you, for listening. It's, I, I'm not sure what the experience is like, uh, just because like, I do go through this, these and edit them just to, to make it easier to listen to. And make like if there's a bump or something like that, I try to take those things out. Or if like I'm swallowing funny, I know people have a weird fixation on uh, like mouth sounds, like the negative ones. So I'd really try to get those out of the podcast if they are present. Um, so I try to make this as pleasant as, as an, of an experience as I can for you, the listener. And I'm grateful for you, and I'm trying to be respectful of your time and respectful of uh, you listening. Oh, so if you've made it to this point, and I think this is podcast number six, Art and Ego number six, 
Uh, if you don't mind, if you want to help me out, if you could please give this podcast a review, um, whatever you think it's worth, uh, or what you like about it. So doing the stars is great. If you can do a written review as well, I would be very grateful. Uh, I may ask for this a few times just because um, I want to get the word out, and I feel like the more people that listen to it, it means more people are who are dealing with the issues that I'm dealing with will have somebody that they can relate to. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, a lot of this is really relatable, I'm an artist and I've been trying to express myself in this way, but I haven't had the words to say it, and you feel an affinity towards what I'm saying, I am almost certain there are more people out there that need to hear it because we are not alone. We There's a lot of people who suffer with mental illness and they do it in silence. Um, there's a lot of people who thought that they had to quit making art just to maintain their sanity, and I don't know if that's true. Um, there's a lot of people who thought that they, I don't know, people think what they're going to think. I'm not going to project onto you. Um but I know what I think. I think sometimes that if I were to quit making art, my life would be simpler. But I know that my life would not be as fulfilling. And so it's the trade-off that I have to make, which is all this introspection and all this creation and all this energy I put into my art, even when it makes me manic, even when it makes me depressive, it is worth it for me. And I hope it's worth it for you and if it helps, I understand, and I'm here for you. Um, I may not be here in terms of uh, physical presence, but I am making this podcast for you, and I'm also making this podcast for me. Um, so I love you. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by ArtColorKit.com. Are your art supplies lonely? Visit ArtColorKit.com.